bookshop on wheels and soon to be an also bookstore in Edmonton, Canada. So many of you already, if you've come this far into the podcast, you probably know a lot of my backstory. You know a little bit about what I do and why I do it. But today on the podcast, I really feel that there are some business bar issues that we need to discuss. Okay, so today in the business bar, I am having a green iced tea. I am sipping it back because it is hot out. And you know what? Nothing like an iced tea to cool you down. I don't know if that is a North American thing or if that is a global thing, but some people have a cold beer or a cold Coke. For me, I really love an iced tea. It just hits the spot. So that is what's happening today. I'm sitting here at the business bar and I'm thinking about all sorts of things relating to small business, independent business, unique business ideas that are kind of either they bug me a little bit right now or they're questions I'm getting a lot. So I'm going to tackle them today. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about social media. Now, I'm not exactly an influencer or anything. I have some people who are loyal, they're dedicated, they follow along, and and I talk directly to them, and they are very, very special to me. But there are a lot of accounts that I follow and a lot of people who want my attention, and so I try and, you know, pay attention to them and learn what I can, and I'm always gleaning something from other accounts, whether it is something I want to do or definitely something I do not want to do. Here's one thing I want to comment on stock photos. People, please, if you want to stand out, if you want people to pay attention to the little tidbits of information and sharing that you want to do on social media, please use original photos. Your photos do not have to be perfect. They don't have to be craftily edited. They don't have to be, you know, professional looking. Make them look as good as you can because a good photo really, really hits the hits the point. But it does not have to be some cheesy canned stock photo that frankly 150 other people are also using. So when people are scrolling through your feed, their eyes just going straight past it. They don't care what you have to say because frankly, if your photo is not engaging and unique, then the message that you write underneath it probably isn't either. So please take the time. If you have somebody who can do photos for you, that is awesome. Make friends with a good photographer. But if you can't, just use the phone that you have. Take the photo, the 
pictures that you can and make do with it. Take pictures of your life from your perspective, the things that are actually going to impact directly the people that you serve, whether it is house cleaning or pottery making, or you have a restaurant or a food truck or whatever it is that you do. If you're using somebody else's photos, then you're telling somebody else's story. Tell your own story. That is what social media is for. So please, 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 please take your own photos. Do not use stock photos. Um, if you if you do have to use a stock photo, make it something very generic like water or trees or something. Not about people, not about tacky, cheesy, canned photos. They're really, really gross. Come on. That's, that's um, you know, I don't mince my words. That is actually how I feel. I feel they're gross. So if I'm seeing a lot of stock photos, I'm going to unfollow you. I, I could probably really love you in person, but I'm not going to like your account and I'm not going to waste my time with it. Let's let's just lay it all out on the table here. I don't care. I, if you're going to use stock photos, you do not care about me enough and how I'm feeling about whatever business it is you're trying to present. So I'm not going to pay attention either. That's just how it goes. Okay. So since we're talking about social media, I want to mention something else. Being vulnerable on social media is kind of important. I'm not saying show all your scars, here's your nasty, grossy bits, but it is okay to be human and be honest about things that are challenging, things that are not working, um, maybe pivot you had to do and why you did it. Tell a little bit of a story. Anytime you share something personal, you tell your story, you tell a piece of your life, you are letting people in so that they can know you more. The more they know you, the more they will trust you, the more they will want to support you. This is a natural human cycle. And I think if you think about the people that you want to support, that is probably true for you too. Some of the biggest social media influencers are not just showing stock photos. I mean, see last point. And talking about things that nobody cares about. They're talking about their own lives. They are talking about their stuff. They're not getting too nitty gritty dirty with it because we don't want to hear it all. Frankly, let's close the door on some of that. But I think that if you don't share a little bit about your lives, you are losing an opportunity to relate to the people who want to be authentic with you. To be authentic in business means in social media, you have to be authentic as well. Authentic means vulnerability. It does not, of course, mean that you go over the line. We do not want you to go over the line. Okay, I, I love you, but I do not want to know all the things about you, <laughs> TMI. Um, but please, please share some things about yourself. If you're only telling us details about your business every single time, little perks, little sales, little whatever, then now your social media feed has become a rolling commercial and sorry, we are done with commercials, right? If we have watched Netflix for any period of time, we know commercials now are not good. But how can you still get the message of your business and the value in what you offer to people without making it feel commercially? Yeah, it is about being vulnerable, sharing a little bit of your personal self, your story, your why with people. This is critical. Let me tell you a little bit something about me because, you know, <laughs> being vulnerable. Um, this week was really hard. It was really gross, y'all. It, it was it was nasty. So 
I did uh, an out-of-town market, which I've decided is my last out-of-town market. And um, it was a very miserable kind of day. I did not nearly make enough money to be there. And it was just, it was a very humbling, uh, frustrating day. And as I was leaving on the way home, I'm about an hour and a half outside of my city. And I'm about half an hour outside this little town that I was in. And I blew a tire. Now, I don't just mean my tire got flat or it popped a little bit. I mean, it sounded like there was a gunshot and my entire truck started to swerve and tilt funny because my rear passenger tire exploded. Um, it was terrifying and I just pulled the truck over to the road as fast as I could and stopped and I just started to cry. As soon as the truck stopped, I lost it. There was nothing except fast vehicles around me and I, I felt incredibly scared. So I called my husband and I worried him and he came out and he was a total hero. And you know, that was something that I made a little video about and I posted it on social media. People were so nice. They responded with the kindest things. And I even had people who responded saying, okay, where are you? I will come and sit with you until you wait for the AMA. I will be with you because being scared alone is no good. And I'll, you know, because people are amazing. And if you let them in, they can show you just how amazing they are. If you are not vulnerable with your audience, with your community, then you miss out on the chance to see how great they can be in response to you right? I think it is permission for people to be real with each other. And in business, for goodness sake, hear me, please. We need to be real with each other. I am tired of artificial, canned, anonymous businesses that just don't relate to anything except trying to get cash. That, that seems to be all they're about. I'm done with that. Done, done, D-O-N-E, done. So, being vulnerable is key. So those are two social media points I want to make today. Do not use stock photos, please, and be vulnerable with your people. Those are two awesome things I want to comment on. Um, okay, so I get a lot of requests about <laughs> what it what it takes to run a book truck and now opening a store. Um, how this is must be very expensive. How do you do this? You must be getting uh, a lot of money and people make some very funny comments about what they think you're making. Um, it's like asking a girl how much she weighs or something. Please, let's not share those details of numbers. It's tacky. So that being said, let me just make the statement that if you go into doing any small business and you are not aware ahead of the game what your CDB is, and CDB is the cost of doing business. The cost of doing business are all the bills you are going to have to pay, all the little things that you are going to be responsible for if you are going to run a smart integrity-based business. Integrity-based doesn't just mean doing the right thing, it also means paying people who need payment from you on time all the time. The cost of doing business is a serious hindrance for most people. And I think this is what sets people apart from doing just a hobby or running a business. If you do a hobby, you don't really pay attention. You're kind of wishy-washy on the bill thing. You just do it because you love it and it's all creative and fun. And that's great. You go ahead and do that thing. But then when the chips are down and the world changes, like, oh, I don't know, we get a pandemic 
and all of a sudden you have to really meet your people in a different way and all of a sudden the cost of doing what you do is going up, are you still in it to win it? Are you ready to pay the price that now is demanded for you to have a seat at the table? The cost of doing business is something that if you are going to run any kind of small independent business, you need to really write it all down ahead of time. Write down all of the what ifs. Make the huge list, put numbers beside, do your research, talk to other small business owners if they're willing to share those numbers with you and get an idea of what all of those hidden costs could be. Because if you get slammed with those costs later, it's gonna suck. It could put you under right? A lot of people go into this very naive. This is so great. I love what you're doing. I think this is so fun. I would love to do this. Just running around doing this blank business. It's just so fun and free. Okay. It is absolutely not free to do business. (laughs) It just isn't. You have to spend a crazy amount of money to do what you do. A lot of people charge a lot because they have to recoup crazy amounts of losses and costs. I work very hard to keep the costs of the books low so I keep my CDB reasonable and I don't do things other bookstores do because that would mean I have to raise the cost of my books. Then I'm going to have to say to you, uh, I know you came to me with a certain understanding of the value you were going to get, but I'm gonna just change what that means because now my cost doing business goes up. So I alter my business model when there's like, you know, a pandemic or whatnot, so that I can continue to serve you well and bring you something wonderful and valuable so that you're not having to pay too much more. How can I be responsible as a business owner to maintain my CDB so that my business can still thrive? Somebody who's doing a hobby, does it because they love it and the CDB prevents them from doing anything big or serious or reaching people differently because they just they just buckle under the weight of change. If you want to do a hobby, please do a hobby, but do not call it a business. People who are in business take this very seriously. We cry buckets of tears over not being able to serve you well. We agonize over how to bear the costs well and how to still do the things we said we were going to do. The business world is wonderful. It is also the most work, you guys, I have ever done in my life. I work twice as hard for me and for you as I would if I worked for anybody else. So what does Kathy Heller say in her podcast, or she used to, she said, um, don't just build somebody else's dream, build your own dream. The cost of building your own dream is very high, very high. Um, And I think that making a list of all of those potential costs ahead of time could prevent you from having to close later or being completely shocked at all of a sudden what is coming at you and having you have to close your doors. So please, please be aware ahead of time what all of that is because that's the difference between being a hobby and being a business. Okay, another thing I want to talk about is copycats. If you have followed my social media for any length of time, you know that I have virtually no respect for copycats. When you're in school and somebody, some person who didn't prepare or study or is, you know, what my kids would call a loser. Uh, (laughs) Is that harsh? Wait, was that just harsh what I said? I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, so 
when you're in school and someone wants to cheat off your paper, what are they called? They're called a copycat and they get punished for it. People somehow think when you get older that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. It is not. It is lazy. It is weak. It is unimaginative. If you have a business idea that is unique, great. I honor you. I think you are a rock star. If you want to go up to somebody and say, I love what you do. I want to do this. How did you do it so I can do it too? Can I just stop for one second and say, I have actually had people say this to me. Do you really think for one holy hot second that I'm going to give you all the behind the scenes tips and secrets to how I run my business so you can go and do the exact same thing? Are you kidding me? Let's be creative. We are all unique individuals. We all have amazing backstories and we all have a special perspective on a certain area of business. If that area of business is just itching at you and you just have to scratch it and then run with that idea, please do it. But do not pretend for one holy hot second that this idea is yours from the origin of it when you grabbed it from somebody else because you thought it was a smart business idea and you wanted to duplicate it for profit. If you are taking an idea like mine and you want to duplicate it for profit, you are not duplicating it because I, my goal for this was never for profit. My goal was always to create a community of readers and that profit just makes it possible. But I'm not sitting back looking forward to buying my own island one day because I run a bookstore, right? I mean, let's be frank. Please, please honor other businesses that have unique ideas by not outright copying what they do. It's tacky. It is just tacky. And you will always know, and hopefully the market will know, that you are the second and you are imitating it rather than having some smart original idea. If you don't have an original idea, don't panic. But you know what? <laughs> Please do not invest everything in somebody else's idea because the reason they're doing it is not the reason you're doing it. <sighs> the market will be confused. It is not. There is enough. Okay, I'm going to interrupt my own self because this is what I do. I'm sitting here talking to myself in my room. I can interrupt myself if I want to. There is enough room in the marketplace for all the unique ideas. Don't think that because this one thing you saw seems to be working, that that is the only way to do it. Do not dare discredit your own original idea, thought, or value. You have something unique that maybe nobody else has done. That is exactly why you should do it. Do not copy somebody else. Don't be a copycat. Just, just don't. It's tacky and it's yucky and it's gross. And you know what? It's lazy. And if that is the kind of business model you want to have, it probably will not succeed because you don't have the passion for the original idea. Run with your own stuff. <sighs> you know what? Anybody in academics, no, you can't cheat. You can't, you, you can't copy anybody else's stuff. You will fail. I would like to think the same thing as in business, but I have seen other people copy and think that they're going to succeed. Please, 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 if you're listening to this podcast, please don't do it. Just please don't. Okay, so on that vein, I want to talk about who. Who do you serve in your business? This is something that is very foundational to 
what will make you succeed, what will make you stand out, and knowing how to proceed when things are hard. Seth Godin has a quote that I have over my desk, and I think I've mentioned it to you before, but I'm going to say it to you again. It says, you are not here for the whole world. You are here for the few who choose you. So who's choosing you? Why would they choose you? You need to know who your ideal customer is. You need to know who is going to be best served by whatever it is you create or offer. Because if you don't know, you're just going to be spitting into the wind. And that is exhausting. Oh my gosh. If I was trying to reach all the readers in all the places all the time, I would burn myself out. That is not what I'm here for. I'm here for a very specific community of readers. If you're listening to this, you are probably one of them. Hello, friend. Um, I think it's important to know that the reason that you serve them is valid. The why is definitely there. But who you serve is key. You're not just going to stand up on a table and just talk to everyone like that because then nobody's going to listen to you. You want to make eye contact, you want to focus, and you want to talk directly to the people who matter to you. And that is so important to your bottom line. I did an episode of Keeping Shop podcast, and it's from the States. I did that last year. I think if you go to Keeping Shop, um, and it's episode June 25th of 2019, so I talked on that podcast about how to serve your customers well it means knowing who they are and what they want. And I'm very detailed in that. So I'm not going to repeat that and go into it now, but I really hope that you go and listen to that um, podcast. And I will put a link to the episode in this show notes so that you can go there directly. Um, it's important. I think that you cannot just expect that everybody in the city or the town or the country is going to want what you do. They're not. They're just not. And just like you are unique, all of the customers you serve are unique as well. Spending time talking to them, asking questions, finding out what matters to them. What do they want? Why do they want it? This will help your business. You cannot ask everybody but you can ask the people who come to you or the people who are curious about you or who take the time to ask you questions. It's a quid pro quo. Make it a conversation. And I think that that really helps you pinpoint who you are serving and how you can best serve them. Because if they're going to invest in you and give you their support and their time, their energy, if they're going to do shares on social media for you and talk about what you do, give them something to talk about that's personal, that is incredibly valuable to them and makes them go, are you kidding? Seriously? You're going to do that because did you know that blah, blah, blah would never ever consider that? I didn't even think that was possible. You're amazing. Yeah exceed their expectations. You can only do that, you guys, if you know what their expectations are. They're not you. So they're not going to think the same way you do. You have to learn from them. This is really, really important. Ask a lot of questions. I'm also not saying, don't just send out a survey monkey and just have them fill stuff out. That's it. Let's, it can be done, but it's a little bit disconnected. If they come to you in any way, whether it's on social media, in person, on the phone, whatever, ask them questions. People are very, very kind and they're so happy to help you to figure out how to make your business better. 
They want you to make your business better because it also serves them better. This is this is a win-win, you guys. This is a win-win. So please know who you serve, know why you're serving them. And remember, you are not there for the whole world. You are there for the few who choose you. Thank you, Seth Godin. Okay, you guys, I <laughs> I have ranted here in my space by myself. And I didn't really stop. I didn't even have my drink. Um, <laughs> so, <sighs> okay, so obviously it was time that I had a business bar conversation with you, wasn't it? Because there have been so many questions uh, about what it's like for me running a book truck and then soon to be opening a store. I'm going to answer right at the end of this podcast, the top three questions I'm getting right now. One, how is the build going with the new store? Okay. Demolition on the old space is done. So all of the stuff that was in there before has been ripped out. Our contractor and his team are amazing, really amazing. I could not have asked for better. And it is uh, a crazy expensive project, which, um, well, it's just, <laughs> okay, so it's just crazy expensive, but um, they are amazing, and we are looking to open end of September, hopefully, which I'm realizing right now, holy smack, that's next month. Okay, that's next month. Um <laughs> The second question I get asked a lot is, are you still going to be running the book truck when you have the store? Yes. I'm not going to abandon my sweet Daisy since she only really is at her best and most effective in what I call the green grass season, which is from April to about mid to end of September. That is when we will run her. We will only run her for in town or very local, very specific events, markets, festivals, whatever's happening thank you, COVID. Um, we're going to be very picky about that. Um, and the stock that we have in the truck will not be as extensive as it is right now, because I have been watching and I have been learning in the truck, which areas of the truck people do not shop from, which books nobody has picked up, which areas of the truck nobody asks questions about, which are the, so I've been tracking all of the things. You guys don't know that but I'm totally doing it. If you don't go to that shelf and touch a book and nobody does in a day, I record it. Did you know this? <laughs> you have to watch everything. If you want to be effective, you got to take a lot of data. So I've been doing all that and figuring out how I can adjust the books and the shelves so that when we have a whole store with all of our inventory in it, which ones are going to make the book truck shelf? It's going to be much more specific at that point. So yes, I will absolutely still be running the truck, and we will see next year how it goes doing both. So ask me again at the end of next year. Um, and the third question I get is, will you be doing events and things in the bookstore? Oh, friend, you bet we will. We already have a list of ideas and people have submitted requests and there have been plans already going on about different book pairings and book clubs and people who want to use the space for a networking gathering or different little things. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you all of it right now, but let me just tell you that yes, this retro bookstore will be the place to be. Uh, if you're in the Edmonton area, you've got to come. You just got to come. 
So I will put the address for where our location is in the show notes as well. So if you're coming to Edmonton and you're from outside the city, because I know lots of you listening to this, you're not from Edmonton. Uh-uh, I know. So when you come to visit, I want to see your face. Maybe we still will be wearing masks. I don't know. But I still want to see you. So when you come, you've got to come see the store. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm excited about it. I think when the floor goes in, I might cry a little bit. That's usually when it gets to be pretty serious. It starts to feel much more like your own. Um, okay, this business bar, I have ranted. I ranted again. You know I did. Um, this is all highly unedited again because, you know, authenticity, vulnerability. This is the real me. And it's important to talk about the business side, right? As much as I love to talk about the books and the people who read them, book truck life is not just about books. It is also a business. So no matter what your business is, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. Until next time. See you, friends.